This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek. Narrated by Kurt Bonham. Chapter 29 Deep in the Forest Outside the villa, on the curving drive in front of the main entrance, Enzo is brushing a majestic black stallion with a full white mane. Hello, gorgeous, I say, my voice firm but fun-filled. Thank you, sir, but I'm already spoken for. Enzo's tone is nervous, and he continues brushing the horse. You're handsome, all right, but I was talking to the horse. He must be 17 hands tall. Could be a Clydesdale. What's his name? He's 18 hands, sir. A Flemish stallion from Lochlilock. And his name is a Boaz. Enzo secures a sack-wrapped parcel at the back of the saddle. Queen Prasina made it quite clear you shall deliver this gift to Baba Yaga. Let her know who it's from. But whatever you do, do not look inside. I check the saddle, tug, push, and pull. The front cinch is snug, and the back cinch is nice and tight. Enzo, this is a nice job you did. I rest my hand on the saddle. If you would be so kind as to point me north, take the road to the right. But Boaz knows where Baba Yaga's hut is. Up in the saddle, I double-tap Boaz lightly with the heels of my boots and wave to Enzo. Boaz and I travel the road north. The villa grows smaller behind us until it's disappeared beneath the horizon. Caw! Caw! Boaz whinnies. Yeah, I know the crow caws are eerie, but you get used to it. I search the trees, but spot no crows. Boaz pushes his ears back and forth, blows air between his teeth, increases his pace to faster than an amble, slower than a trot. The road continues into the woods, which feel dark, ancient. A wave of nervous energy fires. The quiet grows. The forest surrounds. We trudge on, over fallen branches, around scrub brush, for over an hour, and then the forest becomes impassable. You think Baba Yaga is keeping us from finding her hut? I ask the horse. How about we rest? The last daylight fades into the tree canopy. I remove the saddle and Queen Priscina's parcel. Curiosity strikes. Why can't I see this mysterious gift? I open the sack-wrapped parcel and stick my hand inside. My hand reaches and strains to touch a bottom or sides that aren't there. There seems to be no end. Finally, my fingertips brush against something hard, and out from the bag pops a large horse feeder bin. My arm's back in the sack and latches onto a cloth bag of horse feed. Boaz has his dinner. I decide to continue searching inside the magic sack, and I'm rewarded with four torch holders, a tent, tent poles, rope, 
a small folding table and seat, a sleeping bag, pillow, blanket, kindling, wood, flint, a covered hot dish of food, and a jug of cold, thirst-quenching water. I finish setting up camp, complete with a blazing fire, and take a swig from the jug. I raise the jug. Boaz, a toast to Queen Priscina for our comfort. I sit, stare into the campfire. Its flames are hypnotic. I get lost in the orange and red glow. I'll just shut my eyes. Warm sensations wash over me. It feels like daytime. I open my eyes. Sunlight blinds me. My vision clears, and I realize I'm in a dream, or a vision, or... Could it have been the water? Is this why Enzo warned me against opening the sack? I'm on a hillside in summer grass up to my waist. The hillside slopes down to a forest. Dark shadows play between branches and leaves. A chill dances over the back of my neck, runs down my spine. It feels like that same hillside in Genoa again, but different. There's no reds, browns, or yellows in the trees. And the air's warm, humid, like the middle of July. I gaze into a sea of treetops. A tingle ripples across my skin. Something's off. A tepid wind blows across the field, the smell of death and decay in the air. Then I spot a young man, a teenager, with dark disheveled hair and a white-collar shirt. I ignore the urge to scratch my neck. I know his face. It's Ambrosish Sinti, only he's taller. In the last vision, he must have been ten or eleven and shorter this time, he carries a basket and walks confidently into the forest. There's a mild acidic taste at the back of my mouth, a heaviness in my stomach, and an odd urge to follow Ambrosage. I do, heading down a path through the woods to a clearing, where there's the oddest-looking hut. This bizarre hut reminds me of the hut I saw in my dreams the same hut in stories Aunt Vivian used to tell about Baba Yaga. Queen Priscina mentioned I would find Baba Yaga's hut when I saw a giant felled tree with a half-ripped-away knot that resembles a tormented face. She said to turn left and follow the terrible smell to find Baba Yaga's hut. In this dream or vision, Ambrosish and I passed no such landmarks. But there's the hut. A hut made of wood, no windows or doors, and it sits on top of two gigantic chicken legs. Ten to twelve foot tall, blood-stained chicken legs. Surrounding the hut is a black wrought iron fence topped with white skulls. Each eye socket emanates an eerie green flame. Ambrosish walks up to the gate. I want to shout, tell him to leave. He opens the gate, steps forward stops four feet from the hut and giant chicken legs. He puts down his basket and raises his arms high into the air. Hut! Hut! Stand with your back to the forest and your front to me! The chicken legs stir. My heart thrums rapidly. The two-legged beast hut towers over Ambrosish, 
but he just stands there, either crazy or insane. Instincts tell me to run in, to help, without any clue what I'd do against a pair of giant chicken legs. My gut screams, go, go, go. But I stay. The beast hut turns 180 degrees, and the chicken legs sink into the ground, where it sits on the ground as if it's always been there. The outside walls, bare seconds ago, now have a weather-worn wooden door and two wood-framed windows. A mechanical clicking, and the hut door creaks open. Ambrosish walks in without any concern on his face. A fast wind blows, leaves swirl. Instinct demands I follow Ambrosish into the hut. The door slams shut behind me. Coming up next in The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek. Chapter 30 The Hut